0: Murder, divorce, drugs. Our courts are full of stories, scary, sad, and hilarious. Most are tales stranger than fiction. These are true law stories brought to you by videocasestory.com, the ultimate resource for customer and client video stories. All right. On this episode of True Law Stories, we're going to talk crazy cruise accidents with Spencer Ehrenfeld. Spencer, say hi.
1: How you doing, everybody?
0: And Spencer is really about the David and Goliath. We're going to talk about how he got in cruise accidents, why cruise lines are more powerful than most countries, why you never hear about cruise line accidents and how they keep them out of the out of the news. Um, and we're talking about his case that's an ice skating accident case and how he got a big victory that was actually taken away by the judge. All this on this True Law Stories, but first it's brought to you by... VideoCaseStory.com, whether you're an attorney or any other type of business, the best way to market your business is through your client stories. Go to VideoCaseStory.com where we can help you strategize that, learn how to collect them, craft them. We'll help you deliver them to places like YouTube, TikTok, and everywhere to help you get more leads and referrals. All right, let's get started. There's a lot of reasons. Spencer's awesome. We were talking beforehand. A lot of personality, exciting. You know, No offense to my lawyer friends, but not your typical attorney.
1: No, I appreciate you saying that, Ian. That has been my mantra since the day I graduated law school, is I try very hard not to be just another lawyer, for good or bad. And so I really appreciate you saying that. That's the ultimate compliment for me. Thank you.
0: Thank you. Well, my pleasure. It's true. And I'm not here just to compliment, Spencer, but also it's because he works mainly in personal injury. I mean, does personal injury, but also cruise lines. And we're going to talk about cruises, the bad things they've done, the things that they've tried, because it's not the most wholesome industry, even though the advertising makes it look that way. And I'll probably get banned from cruises, not a big deal. But before we get into like your ice skating on a cruise accident and, and other accidents, Spencer, how did... Well, tell me about your firm first, where it is and and, and how... If, Someone isn't at Cruise Mishap, how would they get in touch with you? Let's right. just get that out of the way.
1: Thanks so much, Ian. So, our firm is located in Miami, Florida. We're in a city within the city called Coral Gables, which is about two blocks away from the University of Miami, where I went to law school. And uh, the Port of Miami, which is the largest cruise ship port in the world, and the home headquarters for Royal Caribbean, Celebrity, Norwegian, Carnival. MSC and Virgin, all the largest cruise lines, is the Port of Miami. It's very important that we're near the port and that the U.S. Federal District Courthouse, which is where all cruise ship cases, for the most part, there are some exceptions, where the majority of cruise ship cases in the world have to be litigated, is walking distance from the Port of Miami. So that whole little little area is sort of the mecca of the cruise industry and cruise litigation industry. Interesting.
0: Tell me about your firm. It's obviously located in Coral Gables. How, what's the website and how would someone get in touch with you if they got the, here because they actually were in an accident?
1: Sure. So you could go to my website, which is www.arenfeld, A R O N F like Frank, E L D like David, com. Check out the site, check it out the lawyers that work with, with me alongside me. And my phone number, you can call me directly 305 four, four, one, zero, four, four, zero. And there is an urgency, Ian. Most people don't realize this. There's an urgency to contacting a lawyer if you're involved in a cruise accident more than any other type of case, because you only have one year from the date of the incident to file a lawsuit in federal court against the cruise line. And a lot of these cruise lines require, before you can even file the lawsuit, that you have to notify them in writing some of them within 60 or 90 days of the incident, actually notified in writing of your intent to file a lawsuit. So I strongly urge anyone who's been in a cruise accident, either on the ship, at the port, on a terminal, on a tender boat, on a shore excursion, whether they contact me or one of the fellow lawyers I know who do this kind of work, they don't want to wait because you can blow your deadlines and never get even into the Courthouse, never get past the doorway because of a blown deadline. So I strongly urge anyone who's listening to this who may have been injured to at least consult with a lawyer. You may or may not have a case, but at least protect your rights.
0: Yeah, and it it costs. And, you know, folks, I work with so many great personal injury attorneys. And, you know, Spencer's also another one. And I'm not here. He's not my client right now. I'm not doing this to promote, just to promote him. But I see this all the time that people say, oh, it's only a little injury or, oh, it's only a little accident or I'm not the type of person to sue or the cruise line's my friend and they have long-term damage because of it. I'm sure you see the same thing.
1: I'd say the thing I see most often with cruise ship cases is the majority of my clients have never filed a case before. Most have never had a lawyer before. The demographic of who gets injured on a cruise is very different than if I was representing... And we do on occasion, but if I was representing people who slipped and fell in a public grocery store in Miami or got in a car accident in Hialeah, that's a whole different demographic than the typical lady from Wichita, Kansas, who goes on a cruise, who's never been on a cruise. She's retired, a retired school teacher, and it's the first day of the cruise and she's all excited and she heard there's free coffee down on the Lido deck. And she puts on her brand new flip flops that she bought at Target, and she walks down to the Lido deck. And there is probably few surfaces on the world in the world that are more slippery than a freshly mopped uh, teak deck on a cruise ship out in the middle of the Caribbean, with the humidity and the sea spray. And that flip flop hits that deck, and she goes hydroplaning, and fractures her pelvis. And the last thing this lady's thinking of is, should I hire a lawyer? The last thing, it's just not even in her mentality. And it's not usually until weeks and months later when she's recovering in some rehab facility back in Wichita, that some grandchild says, you know, grandma, you should hire a lawyer. Why, why do I need a lawyer? You should hire a lawyer. and too carnival. For what? She doesn't even know. And those are the most typical cases. And they're very reluctant to do that. These ladies blame themselves for the fall. What did I do wrong? And it's, it's, that's the biggest obstacle I think that a lot of people have, is this, I'm not the kind that files a lawsuit. Cruise
0: ship cases. It's one of the things I try and stress when I talk to people. It's like, you're not, you're not suing a person. You're not even technically right su- suing the cruise line. You're suing their insurance, aren't you?
1: Well, you're actually, you're technically suing the cruise line. Um, So the defendant in these cases is Norwegian, Carnival. They are the defendant in the case. The cruise industry insures their ships a lot different than you and I insure our cars. We may have, you know, our progressive. They pool their money together and insure multiple ships with a pooled policy that's very different than a shore-based insurance company insuring a car or a truck on land. But yeah, you are suing the defendant. They have large deductibles. You know, sometimes the deductibles can be hundreds of thousands of dollars, but they they uh, are insured, usually out of London. You know, usually Lloyd's of London is the insurance company that insures these big cruise ships.
0: Gotcha, gotcha. Interesting. I did not know that, obviously. I learned something every day. And, well, tell me, how did you get into these cruise ship cases? Because it's super, I well, think they're interesting.
1: In spite of my youthful appearance, this is actually my 32nd year of practice. And uh, I've been an exclusively focused lawyer on injured people versus Goliaths. I always liked the David versus Goliath. My first case was a, a Holocaust survivor suing Disney. That was back in the, in the 90s, early 90s. Uh, Disney World and uh, I just like that dynamic, like the bigger the defendant and the smaller the person, the more inspiring it was for me to do that kind of work. I love that. I didn't really like suing people over broken contracts or things like that or divorce or immigration. I mean, just or criminal. There's no way I could do that. Um, and, I, and medical malpractice cases were also difficult for me because there's a lot of jury Sympathy for the doctor. People love doctors. And so, you know, some lady versus a doctor, Eh. the dynamic of a, you know, the little old lady from Wichita or, you know, a child against a cruise line, I, I honestly think, Ian, other than a country, there's probably fewer defendants who have more money and more resources and more power maybe the pharmaceutical industry, but more resources and more power than a cruise line. These cruise lines are like, I would think, more powerful than most countries in the world. They have more resources and more money, more lawyers. And what they really have that makes my job particularly interesting is they have the law on their side. They have been very, very successful in getting... Washington, D.C., to draft laws that are designed to protect their profits at the expense of passengers. And it it is very difficult to hold a cruise line accountable. But I love that. I love the challenge of that.
0: And because it, it is, it's a challenge. I mean, when you're David versus Goliath, that's super interesting. So let's talk a little bit about one of your stories. You know, tell me about this ice skating rink story.
1: Right. And listen, I'd love to tell you about thousands of cases I've had. But the problem is, as I mentioned earlier, is that whenever we resolve a case with the cruise line, they put very strict confidentiality clauses to keep this information quiet. They don't want people to know how much or why or how a cruise line screwed up or what they paid to get out of it. So there's very strict confidentiality uh, conditions Included in any settlement. I'm able to talk about this case the ice skating case because this case actually went to trial and it is by far one of the proudest results I have. I represented a really really nice family from Puerto Rico. I mean this guy uh, Edgar LeBron could be on the cover of like you know Family Life magazine as, as a father of the year. He had a beautiful wife two beautiful daughters and The cruise lines actually cater towards Puerto Rico. There's actually a number of ships that are home ported in San Juan uh, that try to attract Puerto Ricans to go on these cruises. And this particular ship was designed and marketed to attract Puerto Ricans to go on the ship, and they have an ice skating rink. Royal Caribbean is the only cruise line in the world in history that ever put ice skating rinks on their cruise ships. These are not full-time dedicated ice skating rinks. These are ice skating rinks that are down in the same auditorium where they do cooking shows and have laser tag, they put a little uh, wooden platform over the ice, but it is a full ice skating rink and at night they have ice skating shows where they kind of have like an ice capades kind of performers. These ice capade performers, by the way, are also responsible for maintaining the ice maintaining the ice skates, and, and operating the ice skating rink. So there are a number of people that uh, are not truly professional ice skating maintenance people. Gladys, por favor, estoy la corte. We may have to edit that out. I did tell her, Ian, that I'm going to be on a podcast, but my housekeeper insisted on participating. Yeah. So anyway, so the, the people that Royal Caribbean has that maintain their ice skating rinks are not really trained professional ice skating people. They are um, performers. You know, these they're, 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 they're ice skate uh, performers. Anyhow, my client had never been on ice skates in his life. His kids are begging him to go ice skating. And so they go ice skating, which they allow the passengers to skate. They handed him a pair of skates that were not properly maintained, and in fact, one of them was missing the full length of the lace. He didn't even know how to tie the ice skates up. He goes on the ice, and within a few minutes of being on the ice, he hits a rut in the ice and breaks his leg in three places. If you don't maintain the ice perfectly smooth by using those Zambonis and things to to keep it smooth, it can become very dangerous. It's like driving down a street with potholes. He hits this, breaks his leg. They take him off the ship and leave him in a Caribbean Island port. He doesn't speak English, uh, with no doctors, no medical care. And he has to find his way back to Puerto Rico. The family arranges an air ambulance to fly him back to Puerto Rico where he ends up having surgery, rods and pins and screws and all this stuff. He's out of work for almost a year because of this very serious surgery. And we sue the cruise line. And of course, Royal Caribbean's not interested in resolving this. We go all the way to trial all the way. And that's very hard to do. Um, It's very hard to get to trial and it's very hard to have a client that will go all the way to trial. And it's, it's one in a hundred. We go all the way to trial. The jury comes back and awards him something like six or $700,000 because the guy really suffered quite a bit and, and had a lot of medical expenses and lost wages and, and all this, the judge, at the conclusion of the verdict, Judge Patricia Seitz, who is a very well-respected senior member of the federal judiciary, she said after the verdict came in, no jury could reasonably have found for this man. And she took the verdict away and gave Royal Caribbean a win. We appealed it. It took several years for this to work its way through the appeal appellate system. And during the pandemic, during the early months of the pandemic, the 11th Circuit Court of Appeal in Atlanta, which governs the 11th Judicial Circuit of Miami, came back and reversed it and said to this very senior judge, you're wrong. That is a miracle. Give him back his verdict. And so they had to reinstate the verdict and Royal Caribbean had to pay the full amount plus the cost. And it is in my mind, one of the greatest victories of my career, because not only did we convince a jury, which is hard, we had a judge take it away and an appellate court, give it back. And I'm extremely proud of that. And, and by the way, I, it's, I can't take full credit. We have very talented appellate attorney, Bob Peck, if you ever need a guest for your podcast. Bob Peck is one of the best appellate attorneys in the world. He's argued many, many cases in front of the United States Supreme Court. Being an appellate attorney is far different than what I do as a trial lawyer. And uh, we were very, very honored to have him on our team and he deserves a lot of credit, uh, as do the other lawyers in my firm who work side by side with me. It took several years. I think this took about four years start to finish to get this gentleman his compensation.
0: People don't realize this, when you do those cases, you're, you're, you're working for free, aren't you? Up until well, that happens.
1: I had to go to Puerto Rico several times for that case. And, and I'll just use that, Ian, as an example. To go to Puerto Rico for me, for this guy's case, I had to fly there. I got to get transportation to and from the airport to a hotel that I have to pay for. Then I went and took the deposition of his surgeon. The surgeon was about four hours from San Juan. I had to get a car out to there. He didn't speak English, so we had to videotape his deposition, hire a translator, transcribe the deposition. We had to go onto the ship and inspect the ice skating rink. We had to hire an ice skating rink expert from New Hampshire, fly him in, put him in a hotel. He had to do all the tests of the ice and the humidity and the lighting and all that stuff. Um, You're looking at tens of thousands of dollars that, uh, listen, I'm basically a one-man show. Tens of thousands of dollars that I had to put in this one case, plus my time and years of work. Um, So, yes, uh, you have to put your money where your mouth is and you have to be willing. I can't pull a slap machine for a dollar, but I can, I can, if I believe in a case, I can bet the house on a case, win or lose. But I mean, I will put everything I have into a case. I think that what they did was wrong.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's an incredible outcome, but I want to hear about the emotions because you heard you won.
1: Oh, when I I won the case, I was so happy in trial. She called the U.S. Marshal to calm me down because I was just so emotional. And, and, you know, it was such a long road. I I cry in trials, win or lose, because it's such an emotional investment. Uh, It takes, it's like crossing a finish line in a marathon. It is just everything. Everything. And so when she took it away, um, I I don't, I don't know quite how to describe that, Ian, other than it was, I think, more of anger and kind of a certain degree of hatred that she would have been so, I'm I'm sure she thought what she was doing is right. But I was very angry at, at her decision. And I was very, very relieved that the 11th Circuit Court of Appeals agreed with us. That was, it was terrifying. How often does a
0: federal judge do that? Where they say the jury's wrong?
1: In a civil case, it's almost unheard of. In a civil case. She basically said, no jury could possibly have found for this plaintiff, even after a jury found for this plaintiff. I'm sure she thought she was doing the right thing. I'm gonna give her the benefit of the doubt, but uh, it was pretty tough. And, yeah. And we have cases with her now. She's, I thought she was retiring, but she's back on the bench and we have cases in front of her right now.
0: Oh my gosh. That I, yeah, I can't imagine that. I get frustrated with people cause they cut me off and I can't talk to them anymore.
1: I did, Ian, But you know, this is not a job. If anyone's listening to this, thinking about doing this kind of work, if anyone out there is thinking of doing trial work, Ian, if you can't take the rejection of a jury saying no, uh, then you're in the wrong business. You have to be able to withstand a jury saying no. You have to because if a lot of lawyers are so afraid of it that they won't go to trial. like They can't take the rejection, so they're going to resolve a case that maybe should go to trial. I can take the rejection. I've been rejected my whole life. So I can, I, I'm used to it, and I can take the rejection again. What I can't take easily, and it does happen frequently in federal court, is a judge telling me no. If the judge, judge gets in the way of me and the jury, that I don't agree with. Let a jury decide, and if jury says no, I'll accept that. But for a judge to put themselves between me and the jury, I, I have a very tough time with that. That, unfortunately, does happen quite frequently, especially these federal judges. How many how
0: – many, would you estimate how many bad cruise ship accidents happen – a year.
1: Well, I would, say this. I would say this, Ian, at least once a voyage, uh, there's probably going to be someone who dies. There's probably, someone's going to die. Listen, you got six or 7,000 people on a cruise ship. Um, a lot of them are skewed towards the elderly. And I don't know if you've been in line at the buffet on a carnival ship lately, Ian, but they're not the healthiest people sometimes at the all you at the all-you-can-eat ice cream machine. So you got some very unhealthy folks, and if something goes wrong uh, medically on a ship, there's very limited medical care that you can get in the middle of the ocean. Um, And so someone's going to die. Someone is coming home, uh, and there's a morgue on the ship. A lot of people don't know that. There is a morgue. And they're not dying. I want to clarify. They're not dying necessarily because something went wrong on the ship. But just if you and I were to pick 7,000 people in Orange County or Miami-Dade County, Within 24 hours, someone's going to get sick, and someone's probably going to die. Um, In terms of accidents, there's going to be several. There's going to be several people who get drunk and fall down staircases, slip and fall by the pool, um, maybe get assaulted. It's just because of the sheer numbers. People think, unfortunately, Ian, that because they're on a cruise, they're in some kind of protected cocoon. But it really is a floating, it's a floating metropolitan city. It is basically Times Square, Greenwich Village, Tribeca. It's all that, all that, congested in there with tons of alcohol on a moving ship that's wet. People are gonna get hurt. Three or four or five people each cruise are gonna end up in the medical center with fractures. So it happens.
0: In the middle of the ocean with all the food contained in one place.
1: Between you and me and whoever's listening, it's really the booze. If I, were, if I were given a magic wand and became the CEO of a cruise line, I would put some limitations on alcohol consumption. The problem is profits. That's where they make their money, Ian, is they want to sell and oversell and serve and overserve nonstop non-stop alcohol. And they want to make it as easy as possible for, for passengers to acquire alcohol. They have a bar every five feet on a cruise ship. There's some place to buy alcohol. I was just on Virgin, which is my favorite cruise line. Yeah, it's Richard Branson's brainchild. On Virgin, you can shake your phone like this, and it will find out where you are, and it will deliver to you a bottle of champagne within, I think, yeah, I think it's within three minutes of anywhere you are on the ship. You just shake your phone, and a bottle of champagne will be delivered to you. Um, and, And sometimes it's for free, so, um, it's just anything you could do to get alcohol. That, 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 that is the, the dangerous gas that combusts the fire of, of my industry.
0: That's crazy. That's crazy. Well, th- I mean, this was an incredible story. Really appreciate you coming on and telling it. And we'll love to have you on again sometime soon and tell more of these stories, as many as you can. I know you can't tell them all. Yeah. Well, Spencer, thank you so much. Don't forget, it's aaronfeld.com. I will put a link in the show notes. And besides that website, where's the best place to follow you online?
1: Well, I'm a, a, a compulsive TikToker. I don't know if you've got anyone out there who follows on TikTok. It's, it's Cruise Lawyer on TikTok, and I post every single day some something that's going on in the cruise industry. I've been posting a lot about these man overboard cases lately. So you can follow me on TikTok. It's at Aaronfeld on Instagram and uh, I would love to hear from anybody out there who wants to connect.
0: I love it. Well, make sure to follow you on TikTok. I'll, I will. I'll watch that. That will be fantastic. Hopefully, TikTok will be around for a lot, lot longer. I wish I would have seen them before, but I'm going to watch them as soon as we're done with this. Spencer Ehrenfeld, thank you so much for being on True Law Stories.
1: Thank you for having me, Ian.
0: Uh, and this was a lot of fun, and thank you all for taking Spencer and Iron Journey. the has been Iron Garlic and True Law Stories. Make sure to check out Spencer's website. And of course, go check out his TikTok and like it and share it. All right. Thank you all. And we'll talk soon. True Law Stories has been brought to you by videocasestory.com. Testimonials stink. No one wants to watch a testimonial or read a case study. You need video case stories for your business. Go to videocasestory.com to learn more.